If, then, else, what language are you even talking about? We'll talk about that today on Bible Talk. again everyone and thank you for joining me for bible time you know years and years ago my grandparents bought me a commodore 64. yeah i know i'm showing my age but at that time i told my dad i want to create video games when i get older so it was my dream to be a software developer and i went to college for it pursued it got job as a software developer i was on top of the world and that's what i've been doing for my career for the last uh, 29 years. So in programming and software development, you almost can feel like God in a way because you're creating things that people can use. So I really often relate it to how God must have felt when he was establishing, creating the world. Of course, he's far greater than anything I could ever create. What I'm getting at is there's some commands in software development, pretty common throughout any kind of language. It's called a conditional statement. You basically say, if this, then that, else this other thing. So for example, I might say, if A equals two, then I do a bunch of commands, otherwise or else do a bunch of commands. Well, that's great for software development, but it doesn't work in the kingdom of God. What I'm getting at is, in these days, there is a very common thing called the prosperity doctrine. If you want to live your best life now, as one famous preacher has said, and wrote a book on it, then just do all these things and God will provide for you because God wants to provide for you. Well, yeah, sure. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, I will care for you. But he never promised that everything was going to be given to you that you want. Never promise that. Now, anything that God does promise, he fulfills. He does not promise anything that shows up empty. And let me tell you, if God promises it, doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow, but it's going to happen, okay? And there are going to be some things coming in the, I don't know, years, possibly, maybe sooner, that God has promised a long time ago, and they're going to come to fruition. And people are going to be amazed, but they're going to recognize that it's God's handiwork. But anyway, what I'm getting at is God owes you nothing. That's right. God doesn't have to save your soul, but he chose to. God didn't have to keep this world going as long as he has, but he chose to. And when sin came into this world, it broke everything. It broke his creation. And... I know what happens when someone breaks your creation. It, it can be very annoying and very difficult. But for God, I'm sure it was a lot different, knowing that we were going to break his creation. But anyway, he chose to save us through his son, Jesus Christ. That is promised, and he will fulfill that promise. But has God promised you that you're going to have lots of money? Probably not. Has God promised you you're going to have good health? Probably not. Now, if he has promised you those things, well, then that's between you and God. But what I'm getting at is so many people, they get so angry with God. I don't know how many times I've heard, why did God let this little child die? 
I don't know always. God knows. He knows what is best, and he never makes a choice that is not the best choice to make. He doesn't say, well, because the parents were sinners, I'm not going to let this child live. No, that's not the way God works. Let me give you an example. Jesus comes across a man born blind, and his disciples say, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born this way? Neither. Neither. He was born that way so you can see the glory of God being fulfilled. And he healed him. That man was born blind so that Jesus could heal him. It's not about your sins. It's not about what you do. It's not like if I'm a really good person, then I get to go to heaven. If I'm a really good person, then maybe God will care for me. No, that is not how it works. This is not a software development system. It's not if this, this, and this, then this. No, you can be an awful person and God can still use you. Look at Balaam. Balaam was someone that he was a prophet and God was using him. He went to Balak and he was looking for money and God used him to bless Israel, even though he was looking for money. Now, God did come to him and stop him and spoke to him through a donkey and said, hey, look, buddy, you better change your ways. But God did not stop using him because he was evil. Does that mean that God will only use evil people? No. In the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk saying, Lord, what are you doing? These are like the most vile people in the world. Why are you using them to destroy us? And he says, basically, I will use whomever I want. I will punish them in the end, but I'm going to use them right now. He'll use anybody. Okay? He'll bless anyone he wishes to bless. He'll curse anyone he wishes to curse. He is God. He can make that decision. So, if you're angry with God. And it, I mean, I know people get angry with God. I got angry with God before. People get angry. It's fine. It's You can turn back and, and have a better relationship with him. But what I'm saying is we need to remember that God will use evil people for his good. He will use good people for his good. And the rain falls on the good and the evil just the same. God makes it rain so that crops will be fed. Sometimes it hits good people. Sometimes it hits bad people. So when bad things happen to good people, it doesn't mean God hates you. Okay? It just means that we live in a broken world. When a child dies, it doesn't mean God hated that child. It means we live in a broken world. When somebody that you pray for to get well doesn't get well, when the healing doesn't come, it doesn't mean God's not working. It just means that that was his choice at that time. And if you do really, really, really good and you get really close to God and you, you, know, you pray every day and you're reading your Bible and you're going to church and you're doing everything great, don't say, why isn't God blessing me? Because that's not the way it works. Here's, a, here's something we should try. God Oh, that you would bless me. No strings attached. Oh, that you would bless me. And see if he does.
So I guess what I'm saying is don't have high expectations and then get angry if it doesn't come through. Well, God will bless you abundantly if he wants to. And does God bless the unjust? If he does, it's not as, as great a measure as it is for the just. But again, it's not because they're just. It's because it's his choice. Everything we do in our life either builds up our relationship with him or it tears it down. But he'll still use us. You can have the worst relationship with God in the world. And if he wants to give you the gift of prophecy, you're going to have it. You could have the greatest relationship with God in the world. And I mean, you are flawless as far as society is concerned. Of course, none of us are in the eyes of God. But you could be so great. And still, God chooses to use you in a minimal fashion. And that's fine. There's no correlation between what God has you do and how good you are. Because in the eyes of the Lord, if you are a Christian, there is no sin. There is no sin in you. We must separate the two things. We are sinners, saved by grace, and we are his vessels for his love and the betterment of his kingdom. So don't Expect something God did not promise. Now, again, if he's promised it to you, then work with him and wait on him because his promises never come up short. But if you're just expecting something because you've done something really good, no, there's no if then else in this, in this equation. Ask God for it. Maybe he will give you something great, but it has nothing to do with how good you are. It's because of who he is, not who you are. And that's your Bible time for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And I'll talk to you again all real soon. God bless.